I think the fans are your first priority and, uh, you know, and you kind of tailor the acts to, to, for the fans. Welcome to Something Will Happen, a podcast about the largest Beatles music festival in the U.S., Abbey Road on the River, celebrating our 20th anniversary, May 26th to 30th, 2022. I'm Melissa, one of the organizers of the festival, and I'll be talking about all things Abbey Road on the River, held every Memorial Day weekend in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Whether you're new to Abbey Road on the River or you're a festival regular, if you love the Beatles as much as we do, you're in the right place. This is Something Will Happen. Something Will Happen. Let's get started. Today, I'm joined by Joe Orlando of The Criers. If you've come to the festival, they've been coming for many years. So this is a real honor to be talking to Joe. Um, how are you doing, Joe? Too bad, and the honor is all mine, by the way. I appreciate <laughs> oh, thanks. It. Appreciate having me here. How's it been going the last couple of years? For- it's been actually very difficult. Uh, yeah. the, the pandemic uh, kind of wiped us out, basically. Yeah. We haven't had too many gigs in the past couple of years. You know, we've wanted to keep everybody safe and, and healthy. And uh, so we've had, uh, other than Abbey Road, uh, we've had uh, two two other gigs in uh, we in, in a couple of years. We played with uh, John Ford Coley uh, in 2020 uh, in uh, Rhode Island. We play a gig there every year. Uh, and we usually play with John Ford Coley, people like that. And we played that in 2020. And then uh, we did uh, Abbey Road last year, last year. And then right after that, we went upstate New York to play with Joey Marlin from Badfinger and, uh, and John Ford Coley again. Okay, yeah, so things started to kind of come back yeah. after yeah. L- last year in 2021. But no, it's been, a, it's been an interesting, as well as a difficult two years, but you know, yeah. as, as you know, right now, you know, we all have our recording setups at home. So we've been right. able to make music and continue writing and, and doing the things that we do, but at home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's, uh, it's been difficult, but also kind of these times of can kind of stem a lot of creativity and uh, inspiration too. having all that time at home to you write. Have, and You have a bit more time to, uh, you know, if you're a songwriter, you sometimes you have a bit more time to be a bit more introspective and then look at the things that help you create, you know, and, and yeah. another plus has been that I've been able to spend a lot of time with uh, with family. Although doing what we do, we get to spend a lot of time with family anyway, because we're when we're not on the road, we're home. Right. And uh, but I don't know if you know this about me or not. I do an awful lot of cooking. Oh, really? OK. Gary and I sometimes or, or he used to post pictures of his food. <laughs> Uh-huh. I used to post pictures of mine and he'd say, okay, Joe, you win. That kind of stuff. <laughs> well, are you a trained chef or uh, you just no, like, not, yeah. Not at all. My, I think the thing is that my, my father uh, cooked uh, and uh, uh, my father owned, uh, I'm Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So uh, my father owned a bodega all his, okay. all his adult life. So, um, so I watched my father, you know, cook, make sandwiches, cut meats, you know, do just about everything. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot from watching my dad. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, let's uh, switch gears and talk about the criers. And um, I know you're not gen- normally a cover band. So that's why I asked about your, you know, songwriting and what you've been doing lately. 
yeah, do you have anything uh, that you've been, well, I wanted to ask how you got to come to Abbey Road on the River and play covers if you weren't generally a cover band. That's, uh, I don't know if that's an interesting story, but it's interesting to, interesting to me. <laughs> I, I, I read somewhere, and I don't remember where, in, it was in some publication, a long time ago, by the way, and uh, in the early 2000s, uh, maybe 2003 or four, right around there, maybe mm -hmm. around that time. And I saw an advertisement for Abbey Road on the River. And I said to Bell, since I'm a Beatles fan, I said, we have to go see this. So it was in, uh, it was in Cleveland at the time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that's some really good bands and, you know, some, uh, and I think it was a time that uh, uh, it was at the, they have like a, a, a nautical kind of stage by the river. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's so called, yeah. It was there. And, uh, and I think Louise Harrison, they were doing a presentation and there was some painting unveiled and all that stuff. It was an interesting, it was an interesting event really. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, uh, so I said, I'd really love to be part of this. So I was kind of scheming and thinking about how I could do that. So um, in 2005, though, I was on the road with the Pete Best Band, who, by the way, we've been to Abbey Road a few times. We, I took Pete Best on the road from 2005 to 2010. Wow. As a member of his band. Yeah. No, as I created shows for him. Okay, awesome. And then we opened up and did our stuff. Yeah. And also that tour, uh, we also had Billy J. Kramer. Now, Billy J. Kramer was my first artist in 2002 that I started to branch out and do my own shows. Mm -hmm. So I played with Billy from 2002 to 2004, uh, 2005 rather. And so uh, I had the Pete Best Band and Billy J. on the road. So it was about the time that Abbey Road on the River was. So I got a call from, I don't know how we found out who I was or what, but I got a call from Gary. I think this is right. It was a while ago. I got a call from Gary. He, he accused me of trying to cannibalize Abbey Road on the river. I don't know ah. if he remembers this or not, but he accused me of trying to cannibalize the Abbey Road on the river fans. And I said, no, 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 no. We're on the road. We're just, I didn't even know you guys, this was, this was going on at this time. So, uh, so we had a little, you know, discussion. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, um, and so he goes, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a day. And I said, no, I'm on the road. I'm, I've got to continue the tour. But it was nice of him to offer though. But he, uh, but that was funny how we got off on that, uh, on that uh, foot, I suppose. But it was, uh, but we've been buddies ever since, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. He always talks very highly of you. <laughs> and guy. yeah, speaking of, did you come to Abbey Road with, Pete Best Band, because I know you. No, no, that was. Okay. Uh, they were out. They've been out. They were out on the road for quite some time. So mm -hmm. I don't. I think Keith. Uh, I think he got them through Keith Putney or someone like that. Sure. You, can, you know Keith, right? Yeah, Keith does um, Peter it. Asher now. Yeah. Peter Asher and all that. So, um, so I've known Keith for a very long time since the early two thousands. So and we we we've done quite a lot of work together. Mm -hmm. So. That's great. But that's uh, uh, so I've never so he probably came through 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 Keith through someone else. Yeah. Well, how many? Because you've brought a lot of people to Abbey Road on the River, all these special guests and things. How many? Um, how many like renowned musicians have you played with, and how have you come to know them all? Well, how you come to know them is by you know uh, reaching out, reaching out to agents and. 
uh, and reaching out to people who know them. Maybe they're playing in town and you'll go to their shows and you'll talk to whoever is there with them. And sometimes you could just talk to them. Mm-hmm. Like I went over to Lawrence Juber. I met Lawrence Juber at a, um, at a Beatle Fest in Chicago in 2002. Mm-hmm. And I walked, he was signing autographs and I just went up to him and said, hey, Lawrence, would you like to come to New Jersey to play a show? His answer was, sure. And then, <laughs> then the following year, we started doing shows almost every year. Sure. Wow, that's awesome. And then, uh, so and then I played with, uh, so Billy J was my first. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that was uh, that for about three or four years. And then uh, 2005, I started working with John Ford Coley from England, Dan and John Ford Coley, and Terry Sylvester from the Hollies. And I'm still working with those two guys. And around a year later, 2006 or so, I started working with Denny Lane. Mm. And that partnership lasted for about 13 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, who else would I play with? Uh, oh, I'm currently working with Albert Lee. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who Albert Lee is. Albert Lee is the uh, is a, is a, is a, is, a, is an Englishman, and he's a but he's more like a country guitar player. That's his thing. And he was in Emmy Lou Harris's band, and he was with, he was with Eric Clapton for five years. Funny story about that Albert likes to tell on stage is that Eric got the band one day together and fired them, but he survived that. But oh, then wow. the next time he didn't survive that one. He got, <laughs> so he got fired on the second go around. So, but uh, we've been playing with Albert for about four or five years now. And yeah. he's got a great band and, and some really nice, one of the nicest human beings you'd ever want to meet. Mm-hmm. And we played with uh, Peter and Gordon, mm-hmm. Chad and Jeremy. Uh, let me see who else. Uh, oh, we toured, we toured with Ian Mitchell, the Bay City Rollers. We oh. toured Canada with him. In the wow. freezing cold, they used to send us to Canada like November through February. Mm-hmm. So we we played like all these weird venues. Like, do, are you familiar with Canada set up? Is that like Alberta, which is on the west side of Canada? Uh-huh. It's a really long province. It's it's yeah. It's, all the provinces are right. Yeah, north yeah, to like south. Mm-hmm. They used to, we we used to have to land in Calgary, let's say, or place like that, and then we'd have to drive for hundred miles to the, to the next gig and all that stuff. So uh, wow. we were up, uh, we were all the way up this place called Fort McMurray, like all the way up top there. Wow. Then after that, there's one more fort. And then it's like the Northwest territories. It was like, it was like the edge of the world up there. But they used to send us there in the, in the freezing cold, which uh, I'll never forget that one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you had some good audiences up there. <laughs> oh, they were fun. They were fun. I mean, there's a, mm-hmm. uh, we, the, you know, there's, they used to send us to these small towns and these small venues, and there's not a lot to, not a lot to do. Right. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Because the right. venue owners, uh, uh, they, you know, after after the shows, they'd they'd want us to, they'd want us to, they'd want us to hang out, and sometimes till the wee hours of the morning, and then we had to travel to the next to the next gig. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it was quite an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've brought a lot of these uh, musicians, or maybe not brought, but you played with many musicians at Abbey Road of the River. Um, I know, like you've said, Steve Holly, who he was a drummer in Wings, right? Correct, yes. And Denny Lane and Lawrence Trooper were both in Wings also. Right, yeah. yeah, Did you do a show with all three of them? Oh, yeah. At once? Yeah. Yeah, we've done a few. And uh, uh, there was a, a guy named Phil Kenzie. Who's a who's a great saxophone player? We became friends, and I've taken him on the road also. 
and it's, that's been it's been a lot of fun. He's a very nice man. All these people are so great. They really are. They're amazingly talented, and uh, they're so great. Uh, Steve Holly uh, is a great example of that. We had a drummer. I don't know how long you've been with uh, with Abbey Road, but we, we had a drummer named Roger, and he played uh, he played uh, Abbey Road. I think once or twice, and he, I think in early two thousand fourteen, he passed away. Oh, so uh, yeah, that and, was before I even got into Abbey Road. So so. Um, so, and of course that was, that was heartbreaking and heart-wrenching and all that stuff. Yeah. He was very young, he was only in his forties. But, um, so I found out that some months after that, uh, I found out that Steve Holly was playing at the Cutting Room in New York City, a really great venue. Mm -hmm. So uh, I said to Bell, because we, we couldn't really find anybody who was suitable to play, you know, who can go out on the road and that kind of thing. So it had to be someone who can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I said, I'm going to ask Steve Holly if he wants to be in the band. <laughs> Sanity, right? So I did. Uh, after his set at the cutting room, I said, hey, Steve, I'm Joe. And he goes, I know who you are. And he goes, and I know that your drummer passed away. I said, you know, it's interesting. Wow. You know who I was. So, so, uh, so uh, uh, I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking for someone to, to sit in. You know, would you like to do that? He's sure. So that was uh, 2014 that we've been playing together ever since. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> just, I love the camaraderie between musicians, you know, and especially in different areas that just everyone knows the same people and move in the same circles like that. Well, you know, that being said, I think uh, in, um, at Abbey Road, one of the reasons I, I love going is uh, of course to play, uh, to play the music. Uh, but the camaraderie that the bands have at Abbey Road, everyone's good friends, they support each other. Um, I'm good buddies with Fernando, we talk all the time and, uh, you know, and guys like that. And, uh, and uh, in fact, Fernando's come and eaten all my food and drank all my, my liquor at the house. So he's a, he's a good guy. <laughs> got to visit yeah, I mean. so, so anyway, so, um, so that is something that is really is really good to to be around you know mm -hmm. i go watch newbies and and all these guys play and it's it's great it's great you know mm -hmm. yeah creating that like family among all the oh, musicians yeah, that come mm -hmm. i've always felt that even from the first uh i brought uh, denny lane i think the first gig that we did was in 2007 we did one show on a friday okay yeah. and then after that it grew from there but uh but even from then on, even from that first show, people were great. Mm -hmm. And people started to become fans of the band and all that stuff. So it was, it was, it's, 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 it's quite a, it's different than anything else. It really is. Right. I mean, you folks are great. You guys put together a great, a great event. And you make it easy for us to just go up and play. So that's, it's great. So thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> We're trying to make it smooth. <laughs> but yeah, that is, that is great about the, um, all the people you meet and the camaraderie between all the musicians and, and the fans that you can build based on that too, that always come to Abbey road and expect the same bands and, you know, have their follow the people they follow. Well, I like really the cool. way that Gary does it also, but that you do it, you know, you, that you have the, there's a core group of bands, which I think, you know, we might be probably part of that a core mm -hmm. group of bands. And then you then bring in new bands and you have the headlining acts. So I think that's, I think that's, that's, that seems like a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's worked for us this far, so <laughs> it's like a good method. Um, 
Well, speaking of Bell, so it's the criers are mainly you and Bell, right? Yeah. Yes. And then just kind of uh, who else is in your band for this year? Well, uh, it wasn't always that way. We actually had a, I actually had a very steady band for about, uh, I had a, I started the band in 91. Okay. That awesome. particular group of, of folks lasted uh, for about three, four years. And then, um, then around 95 or so, I got Jeff Brown in the band, who was our guitar player. He was in the band for 16 years. And we had a drummer, his name was Bob. He was in the band for 13 years. Mm -hmm. And this guy, Tommy, who he played Abbey Road for the first few years. He was this wild man with, uh, he played with the Misfits and Alice Cooper and all that. We got him in the band. He played wow. with us for five years. And uh, he used to wear, uh, he used, even used to wear this thing in the summertime in the heat. He wore like a, a, a denim jacket with the sleeves cut off with chains all over it. <laughs> and he said that, uh, that uh, Joey Ramone gave it to him. Oh, wow. So he would never take that thing. <laughs> right, yeah. Got that rocker look going. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so, and then, um, so from, so Jeff was in the band all that time, then Bob, Tommy, um, and then uh, who else? Tommy, Bob, Roger, and, uh, and then Steve. So we had a quite a, 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 you know, a regular band for a very long time. But over the past couple of years, uh, due to the COVID, due to COVID, and the, the natural movement of people, you know, they, they change their lives, they have family, <laughs> right. things like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, we decided to make the band a little bit more leaner and meaner. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so, and that seems to work for us because we get different people coming all the time. This year, I got Joe Belia of the Weaklings, who's a, right. who's a neighbor and a very close friend of mine. Oh, he's, he's your neighbor too. <laughs> he's a neighbor, yeah, he lives like down the road. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, and uh, so, uh, and actually we've taken Joe out of, I forgot to mention Joe as a crier. He's been, he's been playing with the criers for about five years also. When Steve can't make it, we bring in Joe when he's not playing with the weaklings. Luckily he's been available to us. And yeah. uh, matter of fact, he was over last Sunday, uh, March 17th, I believe. He came to the house to, for St. Joseph's day and okay. to bring the uh, pastries. Cause that's what they do. That's what Italians do. So oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, so what is St. Joseph's Day? I, I, I have no idea. Do I not know what it, I don't know what that is. I know St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, right. But uh, St. Joseph's Day is the, you know, is St. Joseph, the father of, of Jesus, husband of Mary, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, 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 the, that's his feast day. Okay. And, uh, so I think, the, I think it's an Italian custom to buy anybody named Joseph pastries. Oh, <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> he, brought, he brought me pastries that day. Oh, I like that. So it's, so there was my, myself and that Joe Belia and my son Joe. So we were all three Joes just sitting at the table eating pastries. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. So anyway, so yeah, so Joe's going to be with us. And um, I got this guy, uh, Joey Lafergio from uh, New Jersey. Another Joe. They, Who's that? Another Joe. <laughs> you should rename so, your band the Joes. Just, right. <laughs> so, uh, so he is a humongous Beatle maniac, and he plays. Uh, obviously, you know who Glenn Burtnick is. He's with the Weakling. So, mm -hmm. uh, Glenn puts these shows together like the Summer of Love, and oh yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, puts those shows together. So Joey plays with them all the time. Okay. So I've gotten. I've got to. 
I've got to, uh, uh, I'm just finishing up negotiating with him, but he's coming. He's coming for sure. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, yeah. So he, as soon as I asked him, he said, oh yeah, sure. Why not? Mm -hmm. So that was good. BC is looking forward to it. Yeah. So I got myself a good stellar group of folks this year. That's going to be super fun. Yeah. And I remember um, in the years past that um, Belle has done sh like solo shows by herself, which we didn't talk about for doing this year, but <laughs> we could bring something like that back doing like bringing a little classical. Cause I know she's such a good um, keyboardist. Yeah. Great. You know, the interesting thing about Belle is that uh, I met Belle in 1988. Okay. And uh, we were both, uh, I actually had a job at one point. Uh, we had a <laughs> so I worked at Macy's for a while. Real job. I was a manager mm -hmm. at Macy's. And so uh, I met Belle there because she was also a part-time manager. And they oh, had okay. a piano department at Macy's. They also taught piano there. So that's how we met. Oh, and cool. Then, uh, so then, so we became friends. And then a couple of years later, in fact, maybe 92, I said to her, hey, do you, I have a band. Do you want to, you think you might want to play in the band? Because I thought it'd be cool to have a, a keyboard player, right? Mm -hmm. so, um, so she said, sure. Sounds good. She goes, we'll rehearse for a year. And then we'll put a program together. You know, classical musicians call set list programs. Sure. <laughs> so, let's, let's, we'll put a program together. And I looked at her and I said, you know, sweetheart, you've got 18 days to learn 13 songs. Are you in or are you out? And she goes, <laughs> I'm in. And that was, the rest is history. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> Taught her that rock and roll kind of. <laughs> and the interesting technique. thing about that was that she had no background in rock and roll. Mm. She's a, uh, she's classically trained. She went to, she's got two degrees in, in, in piano performance and in uh, uh, pedagogy, which is, you know, well, you're, you're a music class. That's musician. teaching music, right? Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's a, a bear, she's a, 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 you know, a teacher with a degree. Wow. So and that's interesting. So she's had no classic, no rock and roll experience. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I dragged her in, I dragged that poor girl into this thing. And it's, you know, and that's, a, I, don't know <laughs> I, did, I don't know if I did a good thing or not, but she's great. She's a fantastic player and she's a, yeah. She's a great band member and she's been a, a great friend and a, a, she's mm -hmm. been, you know, she's just amazing, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's great. Yeah, well, we always like seeing more women in, represented in bands as well, but oh, I'm yeah. sure she's like getting used to all the rock, not getting used to, she's probably used to the rock lifestyle now. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's the only, you know, she's uh, she handled it all well because she was the only yeah. girl in a, you know, traveling with the, with us guys and, you know, and all that stuff. And she. Mm -hmm. And lit like a pro, you know, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's a pro, I would think. Yeah, she's right. <laughs> Classically trained. I tell you the truth, I'd like to, uh, she did play a couple of solo performances, and she did one with, uh, with uh, you know, the, oh, God, the, uh, why can't I remember her name now? Or she's, uh, uh, Anna? Anna, yeah. Yeah, Anna. Violinist, yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, and Anna Blanton. Uh, she, there was one with, with Mario De Silva used to come to Abbey Road and he classical right. guitar player and they did a thing together. And oh. the piano and the piano that they had the hotel was totally out of tune. <laughs> <laughs> but she's done a couple of other solo shows and they, they worked out well. Mm -hmm. nice. Hope we yeah. can do that again sometime. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, be great. Sometimes I'll post little videos of Bell playing the piano 
and I get you know people really go crazy over it. So mm-hmm. it, it might that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should talk about that. Um, and so, what is, besides? How did you get into the Beatles? And like, where? How did that start for you? Oh, Ed Sullivan Show. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I was always into music because of because of my mom and dad. They're not musicians, but my mom especially loved American television. Mm. So uh, this is in the 1950s and early 60s. Yeah. And so uh, my dad had a really good baritone voice. As a matter of fact, my voice sounds a lot like my dad. So uh, he had a really lovely baritone voice and he used to sing around the house, mm-hmm. you know, especially on Sunday mornings, he'd open the store a little bit later, he'd make some yeah. breakfast and, you know, and then and he'd sing around the house. He had a really big baritone voice, except that he could never keep time. So he used uh. to get all the words in the wrong places. Oh, funny. So, but again, he had a beautiful voice. But my mom really liked American television. So, um, so her and I would watch, uh, you know, all the variety shows of the day. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, country Western stuff. There was, uh, they had variety shows where they would have different types of acts, not like today, it's very different. So they have, uh, you know, like Ed Sullivan used to have a juggler, mm-hmm. <laughs> have some, a comedian, and then he'd have a, uh, you know, somebody balancing dishes on, on a pole, <laughs> right. have like rock group and then or Elvis or something like that. So that was, so we used to watch all that stuff. And I became, and I started singing around that time. I was, I don't know, eight, nine mm-hmm. or so. And, uh, and I saw the Everly Brothers on television and Roy Orbison and, you know, cool. all those great, great rockers that yeah. are, you know, the Beatles used to follow. I had no idea at that time. Mm-hmm. So when the Beatles, uh, oh, and my story is is very typical of guys who lived in Brooklyn, New York. With I I actually sang in the schoolyard with my buddies. Okay, which is kind of, you know, and uh, and uh, we used to congregate in the schoolyard. I went to Catholic school, so we used to congregate in the schoolyard, and we used to sing. We used to sing like the Four Seasons, you know. Yeah. Big so you do all the harmony together? Harmony. So we started singing harmony. We didn't had no idea what we were doing, but somehow we, we found our parts. And so, uh, you know, Frankie Vento would sing high. I would sing, you know, medium. And then mm-hmm. this guy Donald used to sing the low part. There was with those three of us. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and so we did that for, for uh, you know, that was before the Beatles. That was okay. before the and yeah. then And then that, you know, that day in February, and the Beatles yeah. came along and I saw, you know, I, and that happened. I was like, well, I could, if these guys can do that, I could do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure a lot of people thought that too, but right. uh, some of us are crazy enough to do it. So, uh, <laughs> well, so you proved fine. you had the natural talent to hear the yeah. notes and mimic it and read and sing uh, it. Uh, yeah, I accepted, but that, that they made it look like so much fun. Uh, I had an interview a couple of years ago, uh, and the, someone asked me about that. And it was, uh, what I liked about the Beatles was their energy. I mean, of course the songs were great and all that, but they just seemed to like explode on stage. They just went for it, you know? And that, yeah. was, that was, it always enthralled me the way they just, you know, counted off and boom, and all the sound came out and that was amazing. You know, that mm-hmm. was fantastic. And uh, they had energy like, cause you know, over here in America we had guys like Frankie Avalon, Fabian, you know, 
my one of my favorites was Dion and the Belmonts, and Dion is is still playing today. It's great. Mm. And, uh, but Frankie, but Frankie Avalon and and Fabian and guys like that were kind of and Bobby Vinton were kind of soft rockers, you know. Right. I sang a lot of ballads and things like that, and a few rockers. But I was really I was really partial to the noise, you know, mm. to, the, to the rock and roll stuff. Yeah. So when the Beatles came out, I felt I'm home. You know, that's yeah. kind of, I didn't think about it at the time, but I, I kind of felt that that was my place. Yeah. So uh, we formed our first band when I was about 11 years old. And since we went to Catholic school, we call ourselves the prophets. Ah. <laughs> I like it. It kind of has double meaning, you know. Yeah, so, so actually in that band, um, we played together all throughout grammar school and high school. So I kept that band for a very long time. And, you know, then girlfriends and school got in the way and all that stuff. So. Life changes things. No, yeah, life, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, another thing was that my uh, dad had, a, a, you know, he was an aficionado of the, of the crooners, you know, the vocalists of yeah. South America. Oh, okay. And they were, they had these amazing voices, with tenor, baritone, they were just amazing. Yeah. They were all over the spectrum, but they sang such beautiful songs, you know, in Spanish. And mm -hmm. uh, is that so, where is that where father, he was from? Yeah, my father was from Puerto Rico. Oh, OK. Mom, yeah. So um, so uh, that's so. But the, the, the crooners, though, the most of the people that he listened to were from South America. OK. Uh, and uh, there was a few from from Puerto Rico from where he was from. But a lot, but most of them were from South America. And like I said, they had amazing voices. So I have that in my head all the time too. So uh, yeah. my style of singing kind of tends to be a bit like that, you know, more okay. melodic and, mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and kind of like that. Yeah. So that who was like from. a popular, who would he listen to? I want to know some names from of these South American crooners. Oh, uh, I don't think you'd know them. They're from like the 40s and 50s, a guy named... Carlos Gardel, and uh, there was a Puerto Rican guy named Daniel Santos. And, uh, oh, if you want to hear harmony, yes. you go to YouTube and you, and you go to Trio Los Panchos. It's three guys and they played, one of them played like this big bass thing and then there was two guitar players and they sang such amazing harmony. I mean, it's really sweet harmony. It's the most beautiful thing you've, you've ever heard. Oh, and wow. uh, they had a very long career. Yeah. And uh, do you know uh, Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. They were very popular in the, in the late 50s and 60s and all that. And uh -huh. so Edie Gourmet uh, was Spanish, I believe. And she used to sing with them. Just like, you know, Linda Ronstadt has some Mexican heritage, I think. Or, but she used to sing Spanish, Mexican songs. Mm hmm so anyway, so that was yeah. uh, so all that those up. Yeah, I love I love that those crooner that like '40s style singing and yeah, all the the more American crooners of like Dean Martin and Bing Crosby. But I, when, now I'm uh, interested in looking these guys up. Oh yeah, my uh, I kind of introduced my son to all that, you know. So. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you, you know, you know, Joe, so uh, mm -hmm. I, I introduced him to all that. So he has a really eclectic, you know, playlist uh, on his, on his, on his iPad, on his phone. Yeah. He's got, you know, all sorts of heavy metal. Then the Dean Martin will come up. <laughs> yeah. And, and soul stuff will come up. And, 
and uh, and and all of this amazing stuff. So he's got that in his background also, where uh, mm -hmm. he's he, he's like Dean Martin a lot. That I remember. Yeah, yeah. And they were great. I love to sing like that. Yeah, I know that's fun. It's just fun. You just you know, let's go. Don't play yeah. anything. Just sing. Just sing. Yeah, I went through a Sammy Davis Jr. phase. Oh, I think through great. COVID. Yeah, I was like got really into him. <laughs> He's such a performer. You know, yeah. I don't know if you didn't know, but Sammy Davis Jr. was a really good drummer. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. And he was a, an amazing, an amazing dancer. He used ah. to go on uh, Johnny Carson. He was a, a frequent guest on Johnny Carson. Mm -hmm. And he'd like just improvise stuff with the band. Really? You know, Adding and uh, matter of so fact, cool. if you can find that stuff on YouTube, really. Yeah. And, you uh, really and he's a great singer. Just it was just an amazing singer. I have a, yeah. a playlist on my Spotify that uh, that has uh, you know Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Perry Como, mm -hmm. Sammy Davis Jr. You know people like that. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and then so I, I listen to that quite when I'm cooking. Sometimes I'll put that on. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Well, do you, and do you feel like that uh, both? Of these influences, uh, I'm sure there's many more influences, but the crooners mixed with the Beatles and a little harder rock, uh, has that shown in the way that you come out on stage with the band? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I uh, I tend to write uh, very poppy, catchy guitar or oriented kind of melody things. So my mm -hmm. music is, is melodic. Yeah. Uh, and you're welcome to listen to it on Spotify. Just look us up, The Criers. There's a song called uh, I Think She Knows, which is a very melodic, almost beatly kind of kind of uh, thing that uh, uh, that I write. And, uh, you know, and uh, uh, so, yeah, my, that definitely has influenced my style. I like to sing melodically, mm -hmm. even though The Criers are a hard rocking band. So I like to put right. those two things together. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because the Beatles kind of Beatles seem to do that, too, with I'm thinking of like till there was you and they did these covers of more croony like melodic oh right yeah well that was paul mm -hmm. paul, paul yeah <laughs> and john used to like the guys like uh, Arthur alexander and things like that who wrote uh, anna and ah. uh, a couple of songs that uh, that uh, that they did uh, soldier of love I, i'm not sure if soldier of love was one of them I'm not sure yeah but that was a great, that's one of my favorite songs. But uh, the way Paul sings Till There Was You and amazing melodic yeah. stuff. The ballad. It was so, uh, was, was so attuned to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Sure. Well, was, uh, yeah. Their, their, their chemistry, another, one of the reasons I like to perform these songs at Abbey Road too is uh, that, that alchemy, that kind of thing that the Beatles had was it's hard to, you know, it's hard to fathom that, you know, because sometimes groups have a certain style where the Beatles were all over the place. They sang, you know, from Let It Be to uh, I Want You, She's So Heavy, right. you know, something. And, you know, all these amazingly, you know, songs that are completely different from each other. Yeah. And that, that's always fascinated me. True. Yeah. And uh, and they were great live. I was I was watching uh, I was watching, uh, uh, you know, the new the. Beatle thing that came out, get back, get watching back. Mm -hmm. that. And I, the really thing, the thing that I could really get involved with was the rooftop concert, because that was so good. Mm -hmm. it's amazing to just, you know, how they put these songs together and, and played them. And yeah. That's, 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 uh, so I'm on, I'm on the hunt all the time for Beatle performances. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. It's, it's cool to uh, kind of pair that up with their early performances and see how things have changed or things did change through their career and also how things didn't really change in the way that they performed. Yeah, well, another thing too that uh, was fascinating to me about them was obviously the first thing I mentioned was their energy. And, uh, but the way that uh, some groups, you know, uh, they're kind of, if you have a guitar band, you got two, two guitars, a bass and a drum, kind of the typical, you know, configuration of a band. So um, the guitar players are kind of playing the same thing all the time, unless the guitar player, lead guitar player takes a solo. But the Beatles were very different about that. If you really, if you listen to their work very carefully, you'll notice that George and John are hardly ever playing the same thing, right. even during verses and things like that. They're very, they're playing some very different things. Yeah, so I was fascinated how George and John, though how how they did that. That was all, that also intrigued me. So one of the reasons that I wanted a keyboard in the band was for that reason. I like the yeah. sounds to be very, you know, kind of naked, and so you could hear them all. Yeah, you know, you have a keyboard, a guitar, bass, and drum. So you hear everything mm -hmm. and you can hear the different parts being played. So that's why I like to have a four piece band and, uh, you know, like very, you know, very, 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 very basic, very spare. Yeah. Right. It really creates a good, uh, a, a good sound. At least, well, that's Cryer style. That's what we do. So exactly. Yeah. Well, where can people find you if they want to look up, you said something before. Uh, well, just on Spotify mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, I'm in the process of updating our website. There's uh, two websites. There's uh, there's thecriers.com, mm -hmm. and there's uh, my website, joeorlando.com. I haven't updated them in a while, but they'll be updated over the next couple of weeks or so. I'm starting to get back into the swing now that things are happening and we're going mm -hmm. out a bit more. So, uh, right. so I kind of didn't work on that during the pandemic. I kind of just worked on music at home. Right. And, uh, and then that was my focus while we've been here. Exactly. There wasn't much to update on a website during that time. Yeah, there, there wasn't much really, but I've got to update. There's some old things on there and, you know, and uh, it's nice to keep it fresh. Yeah. Also, sure. it's good to, it's good to, like I said, I, I was away from it for a while. So, but I'm, I'm getting the, you know, like I said, I've been working home and we're stepping out a bit more. Mm -hmm. I actually went out the other day, which I really ever go out. Yeah. And the, you know, so, um, so, uh, it, you know, it, it's time to get things up and running again. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like rejuvenating, especially in the springtime, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm getting that energy back. Yes, exactly. You know, I might actually wear like regular pants and a shirt now. You know, I might, <laughs> I'm in my sweats all the time now. Yeah. Get out of your COVID, COVID clothes back yes. into reality. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to uh, close this out, do you have any like, uh, big memory from Abbey Road on the River, either from your band or something that you saw there, something you put together um, that you want to share with everyone? Say that every experience that I've had at Abbey Road has been totally, you know, wonderful. I just know mm -hmm. I don't have any negative experience or anything that I can pinpoint that uh, could be improved. I think you guys do a great job and you make it, Thank like you. I said before, you make it easy for us to go out there and do our work. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how many, I mean, there's a lot of great bands and you, look, bands are all great. And so that's always a pleasure to see those folks and to, and, and to, and to listen to them play and, and, uh, and to, to be in that kind of a support group. 
And to see all our friends who come out there, there's this group of ladies who come from Rochester, New York, and some of the people that we've met over the years, like Cindy Shotwell and people like that. And mm -hmm. always a pleasure to see those folks and and always a pleasure to, uh, you know, to, 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 to hang out with them. And, and so, but all the shows, I mean, I saw the Beach Boys there and Leon Russell and, you know, and Felix Caballeri and uh, it was everything that you guys do is just, Top notch, yeah. You know. Oh, thank and, you. Yeah, it's, no, truthfully, it's 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 really good. It's it's uh, it, you know, it's not like other music festivals at all. Right. Yeah, it, I love hearing about. Other, oh, go ahead. No, so sometimes other music festivals and other things have sort of a corporate feel to them. You know, it's uh, and then they pay very little attention to the fans. Mm -hmm. I think you guys do completely different. Yeah. You know, I think the fans are your first priority and. Uh, you know, and you kind of tailor the acts to to for the fans, and I think that's great. And I'm always uh, I'm always pleased to be a part of. It. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So glad. Yeah, you're always such a enthusiastic force behind the festival. And I love it. absolutely. Yeah. Last year, last year I actually brought, uh, you know, uh, folks in New Jersey. I don't know. They're not. They don't kind of have to travel that way unless uh -huh. they have family or something. But I actually brought a friend and his wife. Oh. Uh, and they're coming again this year. Nice. To, they uh, liked to, it so much. They loved it. They they actually loved it. Oh, that's and great. That, uh, and that's the first. <laughs> Normally, I try to get people to come out, but they're, they're the first ones, and they really enjoyed it. So I'm yeah. pleased about. It. Oh, I'm so glad. That's good. It's good to like expand the community because it feels like everyone just talks about all the people they've met at the festival and mm -hmm. yeah, sure. the experience they have. So. And you know what? Uh, to that uh, you know we don't play in new jersey often for some reason that's never kind of it's never kind of worked out so we travel mm -hmm. all over and play so uh abbey road is always my one of my is absolutely my favorite stop mm -hmm. you know uh you know to, to 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 kick off the season with yeah oh that's so good to hear <laughs> good well thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today this is my pleasure melissa good Very to see cool. tuning in so something will happen remember that abbey road on the river is happening may 26th to 30th 2022 in jeffersonville indiana to start making your plans head over to arotr.com there you can see the full lineup of bands that are coming check out shows we're planning book your hotels and grab your tickets while you're there head over to arotr.com slash podcast and enter your email to get five dollars of beetle bucks to use at the festival for food drinks and our exclusive festival merchandise for the most up-to-date information follow us on facebook instagram and tiktok we'll see you in may something will happen